ever wondered how a handful of successful people have managed to shatter the corporate, entertainment, business, and social glass ceiling? Well, so have I. This is Gaiti Dijane, and welcome to the first episode of The Minted Couch. With me, I have the beautiful, newly crowned Miss South Africa. I am so excited to have her for this first episode. Natasha Hubert, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. What an honor to be the first guest for the first <laughs> yes. episode. How cool. Yes. So basically, The Minted Couch was inspired by what I, what I define as success especially for young people. Um, I think as young people, we had this sort of pressure that we put on ourselves mm. thanks to social media. Mm. And, you know, we tend to be our own paparazzi. Mm. And as a result, we kind of like put this pressure and we feel like there's something we're not doing right. So the aim of this podcast series basically is just to try and to tell everyone who will have the opportunity to watch and listen to say that you got it right. You know, relax. You know, you don't have to rush things. Mm -hmm. So basically, we just want to celebrate you and congratulate thank you, you really, for really being Miss South Africa. I mean, this is your second try. Try. It is the second try, yes. And you have finally succeeded. You <laughs> still can't believe it though, but... How does yeah. it feel? Tell us how it feels to be Miss South Africa yes. finally. Yes. Well, it's been four days. So <laughs> <laughs> um, it hasn't sunk in yet. Mm -hmm. I think, you know, this past few months, we've been so busy with constantly growing and pushing and doing so many challenges that now I think when I have a day off mm -hmm. I will I think that that's when it's going to sink in but not now not okay. yet <laughs> I wish I could give you a different answer but not yet yes <laughs> and I mean you first um tried to be um crowned in 2020 yes basically yes. when you entered what inspired you especially in 2020 to finally take that step to be Miss South Africa. So why did you enter Miss South Africa? Yes. So I, you know, what you just said, the intro of this this, this um, series, you do put that pressure on yourself. Mm -hmm. You have this idea that one day I want to finish my degree, enter Miss South Africa, be Miss South Africa, get married, get children, which in actual fact, uh, the first thing that popped in my mind was to celebrate failure a little bit more. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to enter the first time around because I always, back then it was more childhood dream, I always knew I wanted to be in South Africa. Mm -hmm. But I want to actually speak on the difficulties in between mm -hmm. and the failures in between mm -hmm. because that's when I got the purpose of why I want to be in South Africa. So the why back in 2020 and the why now, it's completely different mm -hmm. and so is the person sitting here. Mm -hmm. um, so I went to, to compete in this universe in 2021. And I did not get top 21, which which was a big shock and disappointment and something I really had to learn that it wasn't on me. It wasn't that I wasn't worthy enough. Mm -hmm. It was just more a, a destiny thing. It was more a, a timing thing. Um, but mentally, I did struggle with that result. Yeah. I started seeing a psychologist in August of 2021. I'm still seeing her today. So I just kept going with the sessions. And that's where I really discovered that I can do just so much more as a person for other people. Mm -hmm. And I think because I received so much encouragement, so much love from South Africa, I felt like it's now the time that I can serve them. Like I'm, I'm mentally at a space where I'm ready to give more of myself, mm -hmm. but also more self-aware. Mm -hmm. um, when I was 23, it was chasing this crown, just finding your worth and being crowned. Mm -hmm. and 
now it was just standing on that stage and if they weren't going to pull out my name, I would have been happy. I would have been looking back saying like I've done enough. Mm. So um, it's insane because I, I want to sit here, even though I am a celebrity, I want to celebrate the failure as well, as mm. much as the success. Because mm. um, there's more, more, more lessons, more learning curves in, in the failures than the success. Um, I, I really agree with you and I can identify with what you're saying because I think we frown upon failure mm. and we don't realize that it is somehow a redirection into you know, your, your journey. Mm. So I think failure is just, it can really put you in a dark place, yes. um, despondency as well. So, and I think it, the difference maybe between you know people who fail privately and mm. people who fail in front of the world um, do you think maybe a part of it could have, you know, been because of the fact that maybe it happened in front of other people? Because you wanted to, you know, have that platform of being Miss Universe. I mean, you think about Zuzuki, Tunzi, you think about, you know, Demi. Yeah. So with you not even making it to the top 2021, could it have been because of the fact that maybe it happened in front of people? Partially yes, partially mm. no. I'm a very, very focused person in my goals, mm. um, even if it's privately or publicly, I take it equally as seriously. But the yes part of it is because I was reminded every single day mm. of that failure. People would go take the clip of me standing at the back mm. with my mask on, crying, and posting it every single mm. day about, or posting my prelims performance up until today. So it was this constant reminder of a night you almost want to forget, yeah, <laughs> if yeah. I can be very honest. <laughs> um, when Zuzi walked out, I felt like I failed my country. I felt like I failed her and mm. it's, it's not a nice feeling to experience in front of millions and millions of people. Um, you clap 21 times, mm. hoping to hear your name. And it was the reminder afterwards that was also the days where you reflect back and everyone moved on went on with their lives yeah. you see this video and you question everything you ask why yeah. like should i have gone what if i didn't go what if i did make it into the top you know you go through all the and it's human yeah, yeah. go through all these questions and now with miss africa it's it's it was a completely new journey, mm. completely, completely new journey. Crown Chasers has been the first ever. Mm. Yeah. Wasn't the same as 2020. I did Miss Africa the first time in COVID. We pre-recorded a lot. Mm. We were very isolated from the public. Um, we had to wear masks. Mm. Same goes for Miss Universe. There was no, none of my family, none of the organization in the US wearing masks, having to get tested every few days. So this experience in itself was completely different mm. for me almost felt like I've never entered before, if that mm -hmm. sounds, because it's so different. Yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. And let's take it a bit back. Um, so what were your childhood career goals and ambitions when you were young? I always struggled to figure them out up until I would say matric grade 11, okay. because my brother and my sister became lawyers. So they were more like the academic behind books, studying and more traditional path in life. Mm -hmm. like, you know, the typical like doctor, CA, or mm -hmm. where I was like, oh, I don't want to. <laughs> no, no, it's not. So I took art. I had art uh, in grade 10, mm -hmm. and I knew I was a bit more on the creative side. I had to be busy with my hands, with my thoughts, with my mind. I couldn't just sit and 
read what he tell me to mm. read. Mm. I wanted to have my own thoughts and ideas. Then I took designing in grade 11 and 12, and that's when I knew I was like, this could be this could be something I want to do. Okay. And we got this project to do a practical final exam for matric, mm -hmm. um, and I did a dress for the first time mm -hmm. myself, like fully for uh, in 24 hours. And yeah, I registered my fashion design company six months out of school post um, post matric, and that's where that really started. That's where that career started. It was very, it's not untraditional, but in a sense it is. Mm -hmm. um, and also working for yourself at such a young age mm -hmm. is also a little bit scary. Mm -hmm. um, so you've never submitted a CV? No, no, no. So just to rectify, so mm -hmm. I now working for myself since mm -hmm. I was 24, the first time. Okay. I worked at an um, estate agency doing the admin for I think just before three years okay. and then I worked at a law firm doing the PR, the marketing because I have a marketing degree yes. also for just under three years before I then entered from South Africa and mm. resigned and then it wasn't any case COVID so yeah. everything everything just changed it changed yeah and it slowed down and I just wanted to also ask you you know um, about your BCom in marketing management so what career paths at that time did you want your qualification to unlock certain doors when it comes to your career? So what goals do you have when you started your, for your marketing degree? That's also something I want to openly say on this podcast. You never have to have everything figured out mm -hmm. because I didn't. I didn't study. I, I first studied business management for a year before switching over to marketing management mm -hmm. degree. And I said to myself, okay, you know what? I want to do something that's a little bit more universal that mm -hmm. you can go into any corporate company or not corporate corporate company and use this degree. Okay. I didn't want to limit myself in saying, let's only qualify for this and this is all you can do with it. I really wanted to, to broaden the spectrum and say, if I go into marketing at a fashion design company, mm. just an example, I can do their social media and marketing, but I can also do it at a law firm, which is a little bit more corporate. Mm. So to anyone also studying, if you're studying a degree and you also don't feel like you have life figured out, trust me, it will come. Like don't force it upon yourself mm -hmm. to say, my friends know what they want to be. They already studied working in that field, and I don't. You don't always have to. Yeah. And I really, I really like that advice because I mean, there's so much pressure we put on ourselves. Yes, and on other people. Exactly. Thank you so much for that advice. I'm gonna take it. Insert <laughs> <laughs> this even for myself. <laughs> so um, let's take it to now. Your your reign. I mean, a course that you you will fulfill during your reign is education yes and you raised 1.2 million yes I am. how did you do that <laughs> <laughs> I, I even asked myself that because i didn't realize if that was the magnitude up until i had worked it out because you look at the amount of bursaries that is and it feels so little because mm -hmm. we forget how expensive uh intuition really is mm -hmm. it's really expensive mm -hmm. so what i did was I studied through bursaries mm -hmm. and I also couldn't afford it, but it wasn't dedicated to me. I had to do uh, three modeling competitions and I knew the prizes were like 40,000 rand at Boston City Campus. So my mm -hmm. idea behind it was like accumulating as much as I could and then started studying. And I went back to Boston City Campus mm -hmm. um, and I said, listen, I don't even think you guys know my life story or actually how I studied with you guys, but this is my life story. and. Is there any way that you guys could join in, mm -hmm. give whatever bursaries you can? Because I saw 
They do so much marketing across the country. Mm. You see them on every billboard. You see them on landfall. So mm. there has to be a budget for social responsibility in such a big institution. And they came on board. Mm. And then the other one was, I, after Miss Universe, really started working a lot in the social media space with brands. Very, very fortunate. Mm. So I'm working with ASUS, which is a um, technology brand, laptops mm. and tablets and so forth. Mm. And I've been working with them now for two years, approximately. So there's a really stable and good relationship. Mm-hmm. And I said to them, listen, I I want impact. Like, mm-hmm. yes, I'm doing the social media and the post looks fancy, but it's not leaving legacy at all. And it's not changing lives. Mm-hmm. So is there any way that you guys would like to come, board, come on board with anything? Mm-hmm. Um, I gave them a few ideas. There's another one, which I'm not going <laughs> to... Put it out there because okay. it's not something that's in action yet. But then they said, yes, they would love to do the bursary. So yeah. we're doing it for women only in IT coding space or so mm-hmm. in the IT field. So we are going to work alongside either Google or Microsoft in collaboration. So it's, you know, there's so many companies out there that's willing, that, mm-hmm. that knows they want to do social responsibility, but does not know necessarily where to start or mm-hmm. how. Or So... Um, you know what? It's just using your connections for the good and the great. And for me, I really value my relationships. And that really changes other people's lives, including my own. So that's how it happened. Very, happened. very fast. Like, very, like, fast. <laughs> very fortunate. Very yeah. fortunate. Um, when you actually realize how many businesses are out there that's willing to help, it just needs the right questions and a knock on the door asking mm. for it. And I think sometimes what it takes is just to knock or ask. Exactly. The worst that could happen is it's no. Just not. And it's it's not going to really affect, exactly. You know, you will never know unless you try. Exactly. So, um, is there a certain target you would like to reach, and how will you help or impact you know people who really need um the the services that you're planning to yes. to embark on. So, like I mentioned in my statement was, we secured it so far today. Mm-hmm. We just now need to sit in a meeting and really evaluate how we are going to choose mm-hmm. the, the right candidates. But then also there is no, there's no goal as mm-hmm. much as possible. Like, even after my year of rain, I will continue. Because mm-hmm. I have this platform for a reason. Mm-hmm. Um, I have met many people, I've built connections, I've networked. Mm-hmm. I need to use them for the good. And... Um, there's no limit like i didn't even know up until just before the final it was that much mm-hmm. which is a big deal because i also think people need to realize there's many people who want for education mm-hmm. many most most and can i um tie it back to to what you said earlier when you said that you funded your studies yes. through patron as yes. well yes yes so what gave you that vision to be like okay currently i won't be able to afford let me use the platform that i have or the talent that i have or, or passion or goal that i have so what gave you that driving vision? because sometimes we feel limited by the lack of resources yes so what is your advice to someone watching and listening you know to tell them that okay this is what i use and this is how i was able to fund for my education and for my goals yes yes so i you know i did start doing a few competition when competitions when I was when I was small. And um small. You know what I mean? When I <laughs> yeah. was younger <laughs> when I was small. Um and <laughs> the English eight on this one. Um 
And so it's something I always enjoy doing, like mm. going on stage. And you know, mother, she has a daughter. She will do anything for her daughter yeah. to reach those dreams or make it in life. Mm. At that point, I didn't really want to do pageants anymore because I was a lot older. Um, but there would be like a prize money or a scooter. I want a scooter in order mm. to drive myself to school after my father passed. So it was. Mm. It's also like tapping into what you know you're good at, whether that's sports, like the doors that's opening for people if you're good at soccer or rugby or cricket. Um, that's the same for me. If you're good at singing, if you're good at ballet or whatever it might be, to really lean into that and see where you can get a bursary. But then also reaching out to institutions and saying like, listen, is there any way you can fund me for a bursary? This is what I can do. This is what I can offer. Like, you have to put yourself out there. And I'm sorry to say, but at times you are forced more than you wanted to get yourself out there. And for me, it was walking at a competition you maybe didn't want to. I know it sounds mm -hmm. not bad, but like at that point, I just didn't see myself competing in pageants over the mm -hmm. weekends. I wanted to play hockey with my friends that I had matches over weekends, but mm -hmm. that was my mean, mean of income. Mean, yeah, mean of income. And also, at that time, I really did need it. Mm -hmm. um, my mother really didn't, she couldn't even pay my school bills, mm -hmm. never mind sending me to varsity. So, mm -hmm. my sister started waitering at 16. Um, so, it's really just if you have the free time, if you have the weekend, if you have a skill, really use it. Mm -hmm. um, really ignite that entrepreneurial skill of I rented out my wedding few gowns that I wore on stage to people like 300 grand a year, 400, yeah. you know, it's, it's, it's something. It's something. So you could put petrol in your scooter and drive yourself to work and it really starts small. Mm -hmm. I think people always expect like your life needs to change in an instant when in actual fact it's the small choices you make daily mm -hmm. that really does accumulate and um, yeah, I would if I get the 2000 and no, okay, I need a new hockey stick. All mm -hmm. your freaks get it around you. They have wealthy parents, but mm. you just don't. You just don't. Like, you need to work wisely with money. It's it's really taught me so many lessons. Mm. How to sustain mm. yourself, how to work well with money, how to be intentional with what you do, how to choose every single day what's best for you in your life, how to sometimes, unfortunately, work when you really don't want to. Mm. Yeah. yeah. It's the harsh reality. <laughs> it's the harsh now. reality yeah. of life, definitely. <laughs> um, so... Your environment um, at home, growing up in your community, how did it help um, shape you and your views into the social um, challenges and issues that you're going through? So how are you able, through your environment, to be able to, to be relatable yes. to young people in South Africa? I didn't expect my story to be told the way I have. Like, I was always very shy about not having um, the perfect varsity life, you know. I had to work while studying, while giving modeling classes, while renting out my dresses just to mm. have some sort of mm. nice teenage life as my friends. Um, and so I think the one thing that does come to mind with my upbringing is the resilience it has to the community. Mm. And you implement that resilience in any circumstance that you're placed in, any situation mm. that you're placed in. Um, but can I also tell you where I did feel more freely to speak on being financially excluded was Dulcie was also financially excluded mm. and she spoke on it. When you hear someone that you really look up to speak on something so important and so openly, you immediately feel comfortable enough. Mm. And I think that's why I don't sit here as Miss South Africa. I don't want to be praised at all. 
I'm sitting here speaking openly about my struggles, about grief, about depression, about being financially excluded, about having to work when I really didn't want to, mm. about having to grow up a lot younger because my father passed at 16. So it really is when you share your stories, people feel a lot stronger to share theirs. Mm. They start owning them. They start speaking out of a place of strength and not being embarrassed by the circumstances. So it really is, words do carry power. Um, it didn't just happen for me to be vulnerable and open at all. Mm. My first journey in 2020, I cried every single time I had to speak on circumstances that wasn't nice. Mm. I had to go through therapy for two years in order to just sit here and not cry when I speak on it. Mm. It takes time, like mm. allow yourself time. Don't put a time limit on dealing with something or dealing with grief or dealing with depression or Growth takes time. Definitely. And then tell us about your friend, <laughs> Natalia. Natalia Jeffries. Natalia yes. Jeffries. Tell us about it. So what inspired yes. it? Yes. Um, you know, do you have a, a team that you work with? Just tell us about your business. Yes. It's a small business. Mm -hmm. It's really, we have one seamstress, it's my mother and I. Um, and we are really fortunate because this is also, it's something my mom did when my father was unemployed as a second job mm -hmm. and also a way she could make my dresses because they couldn't afford for me to get modeling dresses made anyway. Mm -hmm. And eventually I rented out my wedding, oh, my wedding dresses, <laughs> my pageant dresses. Yeah. Um, and so when we decided let's make it a business, mm -hmm. let's actually you know see where the potential is because we were getting more inquiries, we didn't advertise. Mm -hmm. Um, it was more like word of mouth, like, oh, Natasha's mother is making her dresses. Let's ask her, like, can she make it yet? Then eventually we started looking more branding. It was also like baby steps, baby mm -hmm. steps, baby steps. Until we got our seamstress, first half day, and then now full time. So it really was just also building, building, building. The name I got from a friend that wrote a book, it's not published, it's, she was a very creative person, so she wrote poems, she, she did singing, she wrote mm -hmm. songs and a book about her life and my character's name in the book was Natalia Jeffries. <laughs> wow, nice. So I liked the name and I was like, oh, I'm going to register it. So <laughs> that's where it started, okay. the baby business started. And you know, now it's so fun because whenever I need, I love dressing up and expressing myself through what I wear, mm. I would go to my mom like, okay mom, I would love this and this and this and this and this and we would sit, I would go get the fabric, I would design, mm -hmm. I would... And it's, it's just a way of expressing myself and at times it doesn't feel like a business wheel, I know. And um, tell us about, do you feel it's at a point where it is successful, it's making money? And then also, can you also touch on, you know, the business environment in South Africa? Mm. Do you think SA South Africa is conducive enough to allow small businesses to grow, considering the low shedding and retention? You know what, yes, like yeah. I really do, as much as I want to push education, mm -hmm. I want to push entrepreneurship. Yeah. I want to really, really, I'm going to, as I say, ignite minds because it's the first thing that came up in my head. But for people to start businesses, no matter how long it takes to build up, because mm -hmm. small businesses, it needs to be supported in South Africa. I do agree. Yeah. I do agree. Like, it's really hard to just start up a business in this economy. Like, it yeah. is hard. But once again, tapping in whatever you are good at doing, whether it's like, selling sunglasses yeah. online and social media is a great space to start off with that and really yeah. get your brand out there um so i would love to support local brands this year as well 
um, but it's challenging for everyone to make a living. Mm. Um, so as myself, you know, I can't solve everything, but I will try and shed light on whatever I can. Mm. Um, but then also, it is a sustainable business. My mother lost her job in the bank last year after 30 years, and so yeah. I just many circumstances, but now she she does it fully while mm. I'm not going to be in South Africa. So it does make an income for her and sustain her. So really blessed for that, really. Mm. And then um, we also heard that, um, okay, I read, I, I, I researched, guys, <laughs> <laughs> that you won't be competing on any international stage for either Miss Supernatural yes. uh, or Miss Universe as well. Yes. Is there a personal reason for it or whether? external reasons why you can't compete there was no external reason mm -hmm. um it was really fully i wanted to pledge my time to being mm -hmm. messiah yeah. i've always looked up to what this platform does and um i feel so loved by south africa mm -hmm. meaning like really have a passion for the people around me and this is the impact i want to Mm. Like there's there's work that needs to be done. Mm. This is a job ultimately. Mm. It's it's not just racing anywhere and not having mm. events. It's really doing the work, the hard work. Um, that's the legacy for me. It's mm. it's serving my country really, mm. and I was ready to do that, and I meant it. Yeah. Um, I really wanted to stick with my words, and so no international this But I'll support. Yes. I will be there to support, <laughs> and I will represent in different. Oh, okay. And then, so what gave you this decision that you're going to enter Miss South Africa this year? I mean, years ago, you first entered, um, you saw you going through what you did, and thank you for sharing your story. So what gave you that courage and decision that, you know what, I'm going to try again for the second time this year and look at where I am now? <laughs> <laughs> I wish I had this like perfect story being like, oh, it was it was just me and now it's me <laughs> I wanted to enter last year okay. um, and I wasn't allowed to due to the regulations mm. and so I had to wait for two years in order to two years I think post Miss University mm. to re-enter mm -hmm. um, which was sad I was disheartened because I really almost wanted to not end off the journey but mm. get to a point where I now can try again yeah. And I wasn't allowed to and I went back. Obviously I went on with my therapy sessions and I sat there and I was like, I just don't understand. Like I was ready, I was starting to prepare. And I remember her just saying, okay, does this, she asked me, would you then not enter? Or are you willing to go? And when someone directly asks you, asks you the question, because you can ask it to yourself in your mind, but you never really answer yourself. Mm. I sat there and I had to give an answer and I was like, Oh, no, I, I do think I was stubborn, no, but I was like, no, I'll wait. And I knew, I knew yeah. it, 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 it's going to be something significant. Mm -hmm. I wanted to show how different I was and I have some different qualities to offer mm -hmm. as to 2020. And when I entered and I heard there was ground chasers, I was like, oh, <laughs> why do you guys change it now? Well, wow. <laughs> it was so challenging, but now reflecting back, like, that was the Lord's plan for me. Mm -hmm. It really just was. And I think, I don't know why, on stage, on final night in particular, that's mm -hmm. why I felt at such peace. At such peace, I was like, even if I don't win, I will look back and say, if this version did not win, it's mm -hmm. really okay, then nothing 
they're not. There's nothing more. Exactly. They now know this is not meant to be. Yeah. 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 And looking back, when you reflect back on your life and now being where you are, how would you define success? Ooh. Honestly, 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 having your mental health in a positive space. That is success for me. I have been in situations where you might have a lot of money or you might have people support or you might have whatever and I would still feel at a very dark place and nothing could make you happy there. Really, mm. just nothing good. So for me, I will always find success if I know mentally, no matter how this space. Mm. Yes, we want these answers of when you know, I'm living and when you're this and that. And yeah. yeah, it's just when you're so content with who you are as a person, mm. everything just feels joyful. Everything you take on just feels so much better and happier and significant. And now that I, I feel like now that I've been at a deep place with my with my mental health, I have a comparison in knowing the worth that it is to to have a good mental health. So, what would you like to be remembered for after your reign? So, looking back. Because what I love about what Bonang Matera said was that, you know, Miss South Africa is not a patient. Mm -hmm. You know, it's an empowerment mm -hmm. program. Mm -hmm. So what legacy would you like to leave behind? Looking back, you'd be like, I did this job, I did this, I did this, and I left South Africa at a better place. Mm. Our country faces a lot. Mm. Our people are going through the most. So I really just think in overall as a very resilient person in everything that she does. Mm -hmm. I failed in front of the whole world. Mm -hmm. South Africa saw what happened. They witnessed this journey with yeah. me. And in showing how I stood back up fighting for a dream, I really, really in my heart believed mm -hmm. I was meant for. Mm -hmm. um, I want people to be inspired. I really do. I want other girls to be like, okay, it's cool. She also didn't win the first time. Yeah. And then feel, it's cool. Yeah. It's nothing wrong with that. Mm -hmm. We can try again. We can fail in front of the whole world. Trying again is what's more important than mm -hmm. the first time. Another legacy I would just, I want them to look back and, and be like she really did want to serve her people. Mm -hmm. And pretty much like mm -hmm. a legacy. Well, it's a very big question to ask in that because mm -hmm. we all have aspirations. Yeah, yeah, we do. And lastly, <laughs> lastly, <laughs> so what is your advice to South Africans, especially young ones who are in a dark place, who feel they've tried everything they could, who don't know what to do. Someone who's looking up to you now, what is your message of hope to them? I 100% want every single person, no matter how small and mm -hmm. young and how old, to be very unapologetic about their dreams and goals. Mm -hmm. Because I always seek this approval from external places, like, do you like me? I could do when I like myself. Mm -hmm. Mia, if you really believe it's something that you know you can succeed in, mm -hmm. no matter if everyone around you says you can't, to still do it. Um, but then also gravitate and turn more towards the people that make you feel good, that makes you feel valued and, and mm -hmm. validates your mm -hmm. feelings. That's two things for me that are even the messages in for me. Like, turn towards the people who's there to support that will push you in the right direction, even if it's one step forward. And mm. then um, be stubborn about those goals. Be very stubborn. Try if you have to 20 times, mm. really. There's no limit to trying. There's no book of how you should do it. There's no rules. There's mm. no regulations. You do the way you want to do it. Mm. There you have it. There you have it. This is The Mentor Couch. Thank you so much for tuning in. This is Gaiti Mufukeng Wanawadijana. And stay tuned. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you, I can't think this was the first episode of special. Really? I was like so scared. No, <laughs>
Why? And I love that it did feel like coffee on a couch. Yeah, like it's I sat. like that name actually. Yes, <laughs> coffee on the couch. You sit and you just feel, you just want to build chat.